Welcome back to Happy Home with Dana Latane. We focus on faith, family, and freedom. So this is episode 21. It is our finale for season one. And we're going to kind of give um, the entire season all in one big bundle. Um, just kind of go back over things we've talked about, things we've hit on, um, give a little bit of more of a, maybe a detailed kind of step-by-step to get started in real estate um, all in one episode. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. We'll do so, it that way. <laughs> um, I've been trying to put a little manual together um, to be able to give to people. So we're going to kind of just work our way through that of, you know, people ask when we had our little meetup, people would ask, you know, well, what do I do? Well, you got to take action. I mean, that's the number one thing is you, you, I can't do it. You can't do it. We took those steps. Um, We can guide you. We can give you our experiences. Um, But ultimately, this comes down to they have to be the ones that are willing to take that step. So where does that start? It starts with what is your motivation? What is your why? Um, You know, we've talked about this in different podcasts, kind of all the way throughout, because if you don't have... um, a motivation, if you don't have a why, it's just going to fade. It's just going to go away. Yeah. So um, so we're just kind of looking through our uh, <laughs> my notes here. Um, you jump in anytime. So babe. we will say as soon as this is done, it will be available um, for free. We're going to send it out. So um, if you have questions or you have comments, there's things that we haven't touched on yet that you would like more information, email us. Um, our email is attached and shoot us an email and we're going to send out this short um you know, it's not life-changing information, but it's um, just a little bit of short uh, kind of a step-by-step that we have kind of followed. And um, and that's what we kind of want to hit on today. So starting with your why, having goals, you know, what what is your motivation to even say, I might be interested in doing some real estate, whatever that looks like. Um, for us from the beginning is, Dan, you've always had the entrepreneurial mindset. You wanted to own a business. You wanted to work for yourself. Obviously, at the beginning, we did not. But that was kind of always our push um, was to be business owners and work for ourselves. And um, and I always had goals. I always, you know, I want to be at this spot when I'm this age. I want to do this. Yeah. You know, my goals were probably terrible. Um, but I kept up before me. I'd write them down. You know, I know guys that write their goals down twice a day. I was not that, you know, strict and stringent. But, you know, I did write my goals a lot. I wrote things down. I, I felt like if I put it before me, I would I would do it. Um, so then once you get your motivation, your why, you put your goals down, then what's the next step? It's figuring out what you want to do. Do you want to do storage? Do you want to do multifamily, single family? Do you want to flip? Um, you know, there's so many different aspects to that. There and, is. And, and I, we've talked about that in one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. It was a whole thing on the different asset classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was speaking to a gentleman this morning. His wife is actually a realtor. Um, they have some rentals and um, they have a couple 
uh, short-term rentals, uh, vacation rentals. He mm-hmm. said they make more money on that than anything. So is that something you're interested in? I mean, there there are, again, we we did an entire podcast on it. There are so many different areas. Kind of figure out where, where would my interest fall? A lot of people, a big push in the last couple of years has been short-term rentals, you know, putting things on Airbnb. And if that's what you want to do, great. But if it's not, if you don't want the turnover constantly, maybe a residential, a monthly rental. Well, and make sure to listen to the podcast because I did talk about stuff in short-term rental Mm -hmm. of make sure that you're underwriting it properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because if you just go into it as a long-term property, it's, you know, you're going to be in a lot better position. But so the different asset classes of residential, multifamily, um, office storage, mobile home parks, hotels, retail, land, um, just figure out what you want to do, what fits your personality, and start looking. Start letting people know that you're in business. Get business cards made up. Um, you know, the old saying, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, there is something to that, but I don't think you have to fake it. I think you just have to be real with people and say, hey, I'm new to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I don't have all the wisdom and knowledge that other people do. You know, absorb that information from people. Um, I went with Jeremy one uh, day. We went and looked at a house. And one of the things I told him is I said, we go and look at this. It might not be anything. It, but you drove to this property, you saw what street it was on, you got to see that area around it. So the next time you see a house in that neighborhood, you're like, okay, so I already kind of have an idea of what this market is. I told Jeremy, I said, get a couple of contractors to come over and look at it. I said, start building that team. You know, and that's one of the other things that we talk, I'm, I talked about in this little workbook was developing your, your team. team. Yeah. You know, so you're not, you haven't done your first deal, but you're developing that team. You've, you've already met with a realtor because you've gone and looked at it. Now you're getting a contractor. And the thing is, you've got to do these steps. You have to take action at each one of these steps. I'm going to tell you, each one of the steps are uncomfortable. Just like what we talked about in our previous podcast is it's uncomfortable. It is, especially when it's new. When it's new, when you don't know what it is. So make sure that you're developing your team. Um, You know, you might not buy that first house, but when you go look at that second house and you're like, oh, okay, now this house could be good. Well, you don't want to be at that spot where you're at. The house could be good. But now you're having to find that team of, okay, can I call that contractor? Where if you'll call your contract, you know, two or three contractors, be honest with them. Say, hey, I'm just getting started into this. I'm needing a contractor. I'm kind of interviewing you. You can interview me. But when you get to that house, then they know that you're serious. Okay, he's already looking at a second house. They come in, they give you a price. Then at that point in developing our team, you have title. You have... Um, insurance, you have your accountant, you have your attorney, you know, you have all these different things. Yeah. So now you're starting to work through the process. Let's just say your second one, it's, it's a good deal. You look at it, the contractor gives you the numbers. Now you do your underwriting. Um, let's see. Um, 
you start looking at what can I sell it for? What can um, we buy it for? What fix-ups are we going to have into it? So what labor, what... um, what, Sorry, what is all your what's it all gonna all cost and knowing a pretty good breakdown of where you're gonna be on the project because that's what that's how you're gonna you know if you're gonna make money or not. Is this am I gonna flip this? Am I gonna look at flipping it? What kind of profit can I make? Or am I going to keep this for a rental? Am I going to need to refinance it because I'm using hard money and that's only good for six months? So, you know, underwriting it to the to the very end of, okay, this is what all of my fix-ups, my contractors, this, when I go to sell it, this is a good estimate of what my closing costs are going to be. If a buyer is asking for closing costs, am I going to factor that in? We always do. They don't always ask Most of the time they do. So we factor that in so we can plan for that. What's my realtor fee going to cost? Knowing all of that in the beginning before you get started so you have a good budget in place. Putting in some miscellaneous expenses because things always come up. What if you hold it two months longer than you planned and you have holding costs? What if, you know, you had to replace a floor you weren't planning on? Always put in your miscellaneous. So this is what I just told a guy the other day. He, he was looking at some properties that I had or that we had and he ended up backing out and I met with him the other day and he's like, man, I wish I'd have bought them. And I said, well, I said, I think what you did is I said, you were conservative on every aspect. So you have, like you just said, you have the selling side, you have the purchase side, you have the fix up side, you have the holding cost side. So you can be super conservative on that. So on the selling side, say, let's just, we'll make up a number, 250000 That's the conservative. Well, there's a very good chance that it could sell for 290000 So you were conservative on that. That's fine. But then on your purchase side, you could have bought it for a hundred and twenty, but you were like, eh, I really want to be 110 So then you're conservative. Well, then you go to your fix-ups and it was... And the example I use is you just, it's a little dial. Mm -hmm. So you dial each one of these, your fix-ups, you know, okay, I think it's going to be 50, but you're conservative and say 40. So the way that I do it is I try to be conservative, but I also, what I'll do, and and you laugh at me because I pull out my calculator. I bet on my iPhone, actually, we looked at this. On my phone, I think the biggest thing that I use is my calculator. That's what has the most time on it. But I'll take best case on selling, worst case on buying, worst case on the fix-ups. Then we'll do it a different way. We'll do Worst case on selling, best case on buying. And we just move that dial on all those different things. And when we get done, we might have five different ways of doing it. But the thing is, make sure you're not being over conservative or ultra liberal on what you're doing. Because if you just say, oh, no, it's worth 190, 
I'm going to get this thing for 115 and I'm going to have 50 and fix ups. And then you get in there and like you said, there's a floor that's messed up or it's you have an extra two or three months of holding cost. Make sure that you're being smart when you're doing your underwriting. Yeah. Be comfortable. But the old saying, old Carlton Sheets used to say was, analysis paralysis. You can sit there and look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it, and you never make a decision. Sometimes you just have to make a decision off of your research, off of your professionals, you know, your team that you're developing, your contractor, your realtor, things like that. Make sure that you're using all of their wisdom and knowledge. You know, don't just go off of one of them, but Develop that yeah. and and build that knowledge for yourself. Yeah. So um, we'll go back to um, underwriting, um, doing your team. Um, what does your team consist of? Your title company, uh, banking, financial. We yeah. kind of forgot that one. That's a big one, especially now, you know, uh, Banking stuff has tightened up. It has. And when we're talking about, you know, getting started and building your team, go and talk to a couple of different um, banks or even better, go talk to a couple of different financial institutions. Talk to a couple banks. Talk to some hard money lenders. Talk to if you've got some private investors. See what your options are. You might talk to two banks that you have good relationships with and they tell you we're not going to lend on that because the bank's just not doing it right now. And there's a very good chance that the banks will say that right now. They will. Right now, I've talked to a couple different banks and different asset classes. They're not as comfortable dealing. In. And that's okay. No problem. That There is still money out there to be lent. I mean, they're hard money lenders. And um, I know we have hit on that before. You and I have never used hard money lenders. We had other avenues that we didn't ever use that one. But it is a big one that a lot of investors use because it goes off the asset. It's fairly easy And I'm going to say this at this point. So the reason why you and I really never dove into hard money is because there was a pretty big disparity between the two from interest rates and stuff like that. Now... At this point, that gap of interest rates have it's have narrowed. really shrunk, yeah. <laughs> and the hard money is a lot easier because it is an asset based. But remember this too: is that's only for a certain period of time. So make sure that you're still talking to your banks, talking to your end financing options, because you don't want to be stuck. That's the Something that I have prided ourselves in with real estate is that we've always performed. We've always done what we said we're going to do with our private lenders, with, you know, owner finance, whatever it is, we've always performed on those. And um, I think it's important that I'd rather people go slower in an unstable market. I'm not, I did not say don't do anything. I said slower. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful be smart, make sure you educate yourself. You know, one of the things I have on here that we didn't talk about was education. Make sure that you're educating yourself. Um, that's probably before you start going and looking at properties and you start doing that, but make sure that you're educating yourself. Make sure that you're getting information of how to structure deals, how to 
underwrite deals, how to do all that. Um, you know, I think we've talked about each one of those steps in different podcasts of how to underwrite a deal. Um, mentors. I think at this point, it's almost foolish not to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much talked about it. There's so many opportunities out there. And I think with the environment that we are in geopolitically, financially, everything, I think it's very, very wise to have a mentor, just like what we were just talking about in our previous podcast of we're now at a spot that we're adjusting all of our office practices. Well, Adam, our nephew, who has been kind of under our tutelage for the last seven, eight years, came in and sat in the office the other day. And I was like, hey, man, check out what Aunt Latane and I are doing. And I was showing him REI Hub and kind of going through it. So he doesn't have to struggle as much as other people. So let, let your mentors guide you, give you wisdom. And the thing is, you don't have to have just one mentor. Have two or three or four mentors. Have different points of view because everybody comes from a different point of view. And it's good to hear all those. And then you can sit down and be like, okay, I, I like what this one said, but I like what this one said, and find a good mix of what suits where you're at and where you're heading. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about kind of doing this overview now, and then we're going to take a break for a month or two. I, I don't really know, but I'm going to encourage people that during this break from listening to us babble, um, <laughs> take some actions. Um, and one thing Tane was just talking about was the banks and private lenders, hard money lenders, start establishing those relationships over this next two months. Take an action. Like I said in the last podcast, you know what? 10%. Just make 10% progress over this. Do something. You know, I would encourage, look on your phone. Go talk to people about private lending. Be upfront. You don't have to be a fraud. Say, hey, I've got a mentor that's been in real estate for this long. I'm, I'm trying to find people that are interested in making their money work better for them, secured by real estate. Go and talk. You know what? Get over the fear. Get over the anxiety. You know what? Two months from now, you might have talked to 10 people and you might not have a private lender. Okay, but you've taken 10 steps. Yeah. To get to that point, you just need one or two people that say, yes, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. More people are open and willing. You know, part of it will be your nervousness and part of it will be your lack of confidence in, hey, you know what? I have this deal um, or I have opportunity. You know, that's one of the biggest things. People have a mindset with money that oh, I'm begging for money. I did. I did it for to banks for years. I, and I've said it to yeah. you, is I just always felt like I was groveling at their feet. I made them millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, so when you go and talk to a private lender, say, hey, I have some opportunities. If you would be interested, um, you know, it's secured by real estate. I mean, real estate's about the best thing you can secure anything by. So start taking these actions. This is a summer or a fall of action. Start taking some actions. Yeah. Um, closing, um, 
I have on here title and then insurance. Make sure to establish a good relationship with your insurance agent. Um, deal structure. This goes back to your underwriting. Make sure you have an exit. I, the words that I always use is worst case scenario. Um, have your worst case scenario. What if this? What if the interest rate goes up to 12%? You know, we hope that it doesn't. But what if it does? I mean, who would have thought that it would have gone from three and a half to nine and a half? So, um, management. Just having your your plan in place from the beginning with each property, because like we, and we did, we talked about this um, earlier this season is when 07, 08 happened, we had a, a couple houses we were planning on flipping and it just didn't happen. So we ended up renting them. And you know what? We made it work. Did we make money on a cash flow at the time? No, but that was okay. We were able to hang on to the property, get rent coming in, you know, make it through that time. And then after um, the time passed, we were able to go and clean it up again and sell it. Always know from the beginning, what are my options? What can I do? How can I make this work? You know, to keep moving forward. And just have more than one idea of what can I do. Like you said, worst case, I can't sell it. Can I rent it? Okay, I took hard money. I'm going to have to refinance it. Well, you know what? Go talk to your banks. Hey, I have secured money to buy a flip. If it comes up and I can't sell it, will you refinance this? This is the property I'm looking at. This is my ideas. These are going to be my numbers. Get some plans in place beforehand so you're not stuck at the end. So many people talk about real estate being risky. It There is risk, there is. but I don't think it's as risky as people are have in their mind. It, just going off of what you just said is... Part of the problem is people don't plan up front. Mm-hmm. When you said, hey, I got hard money, let's look at worst case scenario. Well, then you go talk to your bank. Well, the problem is, is people go get hard money and they have no back, you know, back end plan. Make sure that eliminates risk. Yeah. You know, when we started, I always said, hey, worst case scenario, if we can't sell it, we can rent we'll it. Rent it. And we did. Mm -hmm. We did. Thank goodness. You know, I've never been a big luxury, you know, rehabber or anything else like that. I mean, I've got friends that are rehabbing million dollar houses, building five million dollar houses. I don't have the stomach for that. Um, I just don't want to do it. I feel like this is a very safe way to do it. It hedges a little bit more of that risk. Yeah. Um, You know, even down to the point of let's hypothetically say, you have to rent it and you can't sell it. You refinance it and, you know, you went into it thinking, okay, if I can get this in rent and I can refinance it at this rate, we can break even. What if, you know what, you're upside down 100 or $200 a month? Well, 100 or $200 a month is a whole lot more manageable than covering the whole thing. Don't be so... Stubborn, arrogant, whatever you want to call it, to to say I've got to get, I've got to cover all this. Make sure that you're you're working through it. Now, like I said, I don't think that you should have to do this. When we rented, we didn't have to put money in. No, 
we were able to cover the rent, cover, or I mean, cover the mortgage, cover the taxes, cover the insurance. Now, like you said, we didn't make a lot, but four or five years later, we went in, did a little cleanup on it, and we ended up selling it and making a profit at that time. Definitely not the plan that we had, but it was okay. So make sure deal structure wise that you're thinking through, don't not do something just because you're nervous of what could happen. Plan for what could happen. Plan for what could happen. Have some contingencies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think this also leads back to in your business and in your personal life, live below your means. Don't live so far above. You know, it's... I'm not a big proponent of, you know, these guys that go out and get $200 of profit a month off of a, of a burr. Um, you know, I would, I like to have bigger margins. Why? Because of this. So, you know, you guys are starting to kind of get an idea of how Tane and I operate. We're more conservative. We're more, you know, we look at worst case scenarios and things like that. So, but Start establishing these relationships. Start building um, where you're not cut in a or caught in a bad situation. Where it's a situation that okay, you know, this was not the ideal plan, but this is you know we we can kind of see that it is what it is, yeah. and we're going to work through it. We're going to manage it because we did think through it. Yeah. Um, so financing finding deals go out driving around go out you know during this time go get your business card made go talk to realtors you know things have slowed just a little bit so realtors are probably a little more apt to talk apt to do some things um you know at this point look into more creative financing too that's another thing is look there's a lot of creative financing options from subject twos. You know, you can take over existing mortgages that are at three, three and a half percent. Um, you know, you might have to put a little bit down. So everything doesn't have to be a flip. Everything doesn't have to be multifamily. You know, you can start buying some of these small houses um, through some subject two. Um, so look at creative financing. Yeah. Um, so we've gone from analyzing, financing, finding the deals. Um, okay, so that's kind of where we were at. Was finding the deals, talking to realtors, getting on some um, of the local websites, talking to your wholesalers, um, networking. Yeah. This is a great time to get involved. It's the fall. A lot of the uh, um, networking groups are starting to ramp back up because summer's over. So get in there and start networking. I'll give an example to people um, of we bought a storage facility. Um, been working on it for over three years. There was another little storage building. It's a 24-unit building that's like on the same block, but it wasn't owned by the same guy. Just through a contact that I had, I told, once again, telling people. So I told this guy, I said, hey, I just bought this facility. I said, it's a mess, all this kind of stuff. He said, hey, man, I know somebody that owns that building right next door that I think he's wanting to sell. So he gave me his number. I called him. I was excited about the building. We show up and he goes, well, hey, I own this storage or the storage building 
right across the street. I was like, I've been looking at buying that for mm-hmm. three or four years. And um, so I bought that. Well, we actually just went to closing yesterday. So closed, done, 100% owner financing. Literally the only money out of our pocket were closing costs. Um, I did it six months six months um, interest only, and then for another 12 months interest and in, uh, principal and interest. We were sitting there talking, and he had another building just down the road, and we were talking about me possibly purchasing, purchasing it. Well, yesterday when he came in, he goes, I got, a, I got a gold mine for you. He told me about another property across town. Now, this is residential. It's a a two-car garage with an apartment up above, and then it's got a single-family house. Once again, this is probably five, six years ago, I kept on trying to get a hold of the owner, never could get a hold of it. He goes, I'll make you a deal on both of these. He's going to finance them, everything. So I told you, five years, three years, this is not something that I did overnight, but that networking pays off. And yeah. the thing is, the the best part of the networking the way that I do is I establish relationships with these people. So I've been getting so many owner finances, so many opportunities to where, in fact, I was looking through our portfolio yesterday. We literally have three bank loans. Everything else is private lenders or owner finance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's easier. Uh, they're a lot more flexible like that one. Hey, can we do interest only for six months? If I'd asked him to do interest only for the whole thing, he probably would have done it. Yeah. You know, so um, can you think of anything to add to how to find properties? I think it's really important just to just to start talking. And it's okay, like you said, to say you're new. Talk to a couple of realtors. I, again, I, I'll go back to this. I feel like right now a it's become a very big play in real estate as wholesalers. Talk to them. Tell them what you're looking for. They are marketing so much and so much comes across and they might send you 10 things that are garbage, but the 11th thing might be great. And just talking to them now and tell them, look, I want to get into this. This is what I think I'm looking for. You might send it to me and I decide that's not what I'm looking for, but I would like to establish a working relationship. You know, just you don't have to find the deals on your own. I feel like that's what a lot of people, they keep, how do you find them? How do you find them? And a lot of people think you got to find them on your own. You don't. There, There is so many resources, but you've got to, you've got to put some legwork to it and get some people working with you and for you, you know, and that doesn't always look like realtors. Everything that comes up on the MLS you know, like, and we had someone it's, ask us about that recently. A lot of that is, it's going to be too expensive mm-hmm. for what you're looking for to get started. But wholesalers are finding a lot of stuff that are off market. They're finding a lot of really motivated people that want to just get out. And that is a really good resource to use to help you find a good deal. And I'll say this to wholesalers and I, we have never wholesaled. No. It was a step that I skipped. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I would have because they're the, they're the bloodhounds. They're the ones that are out there looking for deals. So I would almost encourage people, you know, we talked about our story when we first got married and we're doing real estate. We would go drive around. That was our like relaxation time. We would talk, um, that kind of stuff. And we would go look at houses. I would encourage people, and I've told this to um, Ethan, our oldest, is 
take just five, uh, three by five index cards and literally just write on there, hey, I'm interested in your property. I have cash, um, can close in you know 10 to 15 days. Put your phone number on there. As you're driving around and you see a property that might be interesting, put it on there. If you put 10 on there in a, at, a, at a time that you're out driving around, maybe you get one person that calls you. And this is the thing. They might not be interested in signing. They're just calling just because they're nosy. You know, are you a wholesaler? Are you this? No, I'm not. I'm just looking for property. Ask them. Say, hey, you know, if you're not interested in selling yours, do you know of anybody that might be interested in selling a rental property, a house to flip, anything else like that. It's almost like the internet or Facebook. It's like an algorithm. Yeah. You know, they yes. know a thousand people. If you ask them, all you need is just one. You need to be able to find one deal yeah. and you start establishing there. That's kind of how we started was I just started putting notes on people's houses. And I know it sounds silly, but man, you talk about getting direct to the person. It's a handwritten note. Is it a little more labor intensive because you're out driving around doing it? Yes, but there are so many options. You can do the direct mail, but you know if, if you have an opportunity and you can learn how to do the wholesaling, you know, say you don't have money, you can take and make a wholesale fee and you can make money that you can put towards your flip. Or as you find these deals, you can keep the deal yourself and use it for a rental or a flip. Um, just, I love what you said. Just get in there with wholesalers, get to know them. Look, they're, mo they're a lot like me. They like to talk. They're talkers. You know, they'll give you, hey, yeah, this is what I do. This is the mail service that I use. I use Google, uh, you know, phone for this. And, you know, they'll, they'll talk to you. Um, so wholesaling is a good option. Yeah. Uh, on multiple levels. Yeah. So I think to um, kind of, We've kind of been a little bit, I kind of talked about the whole process today and kind of wrapping it up. It's like the number one thing is if if you don't know, just start doing something. Maybe the, the something for you starts with education and you're just listening to investor after investor after. You know, we all have instant access to anything on our phones now. Pull up YouTube and research real estate investors, you know, pull up. Apple Podcasts and listen to podcasts and just start because the more you hear, you're going to get little snippets all over the place. And it's going to give you, so, okay, I, I learned something new today. I learned something new today. Just start listening. Start talking to people. You Taking action doesn't mean I have to go make five offers this week. It means start doing something you haven't been doing. If you, if you say you're interested and you want to start in the real estate game, do something. And like you said, make a goal. You know what? By the end of September, I want to have at least looked at three properties. You're not even making an offer. I just want to go look. I want to start getting an idea of what I'd like to do. By the end of you know October, I want to have looked at three properties, but I also want to have talked to three financial institutions about how I could structure these. If you need to move slow, move slow. It's okay. If you're jumping all in, jump all in. Again, it goes back to this is your journey. Do what makes you comfortable. Not everybody's looking to replace their But with job. comfort, you also yes. have to have uncomfort through this. You do. Doing, for me, talking to people at the beginning was a big deal. I was, I'm, I've never been an extrovert. I've never been the talker. 
you know, I've become more comfortable over the years because I know what we're doing and I feel established, but make yourself uncomfortable. It would be uncomfortable for me at the beginning to have went in and sat down and talked to a banker because I didn't know anything. And even now I hear terms and it's like, well, I don't know what that means. I got to go look that up. It's okay. And it is okay to admit, you know what, do you mind explaining that to me? I don't understand what you mean by that term. You know, so just get started somehow. Make some goals. You know, by the end of the year, I want to have reached five goals in my real estate journey, whatever that looks like for you. And if you have specific questions about things that we've said or, you know, comments we've made, please feel free to email us. We'll talk about it. We'll answer you because, you know, I know we throw terms out that we are comfortable with that some people don't understand. And, you know, for a long time, cap X and, you know, cap rates, I had no clue what that meant. And um, even now, you're the one that calculates all that. I do understand the concept. But if you're new in real estate, you're not going to know what that means. It's okay. Ask. Ask somebody. But it's important that you're willing to learn that and do that. Yeah. So this being our last podcast of the season, number one, if you're listening to this podcast, thanks. Thank you for being with us on this journey. (laughs) Because Tane and I literally feel like an absolute mess talking about this stuff. It's it's um, doing this podcast for me has made me realize how inefficient we are, how all over the place we are, um, and that it's by the grace of God that we're where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So so thanks. We really do appreciate you listening. Hopefully, through this avenue of podcast, you've been able to get something that's either motivated you or something that you've been able to make your real estate journey advance. Um, I think the other thing is, and we've not talked a lot about it on the podcast, um, we really do want to build a community. We really want to help people. Um we haven't had a lot of people interacting. I mean, we've got quite a few followers now, but we've not had a lot of people interacting. Um, maybe it's because we don't know anything and people can see the <laughs> the bull crap of that we don't really know anything. But I think Tane and I do have some value there. If it's not us, it's, hey, man, I can point you in this direction. Um, we would love for you guys to reach out. Um, there's not a silly question. Um, you know, you don't do it that silly. If, if you have a question, um, please feel free to reach out to us. Yeah. Um, we do have locally quite a few people that we've kind of been mentoring and helping. Um, and it's humbling. You know, you, you realize you're giving people advice that affects their their life forever. I mean, I had a guy approach me about, should I sell my business to go full-time into real estate? And it's like, oh crap, why are you asking me that? (laughs) Um, You know, where he's at in his real estate journey and his business. I mean, it it makes sense, but um, it's very humbling. Um, So we would love to maybe this fall have some one-on-ones with some people um, and and kind of start building this community. So Please reach out to us. Um, it's been interesting. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, so next 
season, I think we're going to actually try to get some guests on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our local people that we've used. Um, I know we've already talked to a couple a couple couples um, that do real estate, do business together that we're going to have on. So um, just kind of excited for the next season to, to kind of change it up. Maybe it'll bring some different value to people as well. Yep. So um, 21 episodes of us talking. Yep. So I guess we'll get back at it here in the fall. See you guys. Mm-hmm.